This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So who's ready for the work? All right, let's get your notebooks and pen. Let's go to work. So Father, I just thank you right now for this night. I thank you for what you've already done, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're right here in the midst. And I thank you for the opportunity just to come and just to gather and just to be together. As the Bible says, that iron sharpens iron as we come together to sharpen one another and to build one another up. And Father, I just thank you for this word that you increase and I must decrease. And I thank you that the words that I speak are the oracles of God and that you speak through me and that the people have ears to hear a heart to receive, and a will to execute. And I thank you for everything that you're doing. We bless you and we thank you for it. And everybody said, All right. So tonight's a teaching night. Oh, by the way, uh, welcome those online. Uh, welcome to So. I'm so thankful for So because of school of word and worship that people like me, uh, get to come up here and get to share the word and be able to utilize my gifts and talents. And again, I want to thank Pastor Kathy for this opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, so I got a lot of scripture that I'm going to cover tonight. And again, this is a teaching night for me. And I'm just going to teach you what the Holy Spirit uh, has put in my heart. I'm just going to share with you tonight. And this time I didn't bring a whole lot of stuff up here so I don't drop my water. So a couple of questions I have for you. I'm going to go over. So the first question is, if someone had to think about something that reminds them of you, what would it be? If someone had to think about something that reminds them of you, what would it be? Because if they never think about you, that means you have never made yourself valuable. My next question is, do the people around you, do they know you or do they know him? Do the people around you, do they know you or do they know him? We exist so those who are far from Christ can come to know him and grow towards him. And these next three questions, what the Holy Spirit gave me. He told me, um, what have you done this week to bring kingdom to earth? What have you done this week to bring kingdom to earth? The Father's heart is yearning for people to represent kingdom on earth. And so we have to be those people that represent him. Next question, why are you not walking it out? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from bringing kingdom to earth? And the last question is, why are you not dominating? What's keeping you from ruling and reigning? What's keeping you from ruling and reigning? Christ gave his life so we can be empowered to go tell someone. The people around us need what we have. They need what we have. He became what we were so we can be empowered to become what he is. You have been, getting, been given everything you need to be successful. In the words of Pastor Gavin, I like what he said a couple of weeks ago. He said, do you want to be amazed or do you want to be secure? Do you want to be amazed or do you want to be secure? If you never step over the edge, you will never be amazed. 
And so that's my journey tonight. I'm stepping over the edge. I remember uh, as I was praying um, <clears throat> uh, in November, asking the Lord for his uh, direction for us this year. And uh, the Holy Spirit told me that 2021 is going to be the year of breakout for you. The year of breakout for you. And so I've seen thus far uh, some breakout opportunities, some breakout moments. And the same can happen for you. But you have to get yourself in a position. Something else he told me is there's a turning point. And I looked up that word, turning point. And a turning point is a time in which a decisive change in a situation occurs, especially one with beneficial results. And the last thing he told me, uh, he told me actually this a couple weeks ago. He said, my son, I love being called his son because I am his son. He said, I'm going to manifest my glory this year. So we have to position ourselves to be amazed. So we have to step out. As Pastor Gavin said, do you want to be amazed or do you want to be secure? So this evening, I want to talk to you about something I've titled, Get Out of the Gray Area and Go Towards the Light. So get out of the gray area and go towards the light. And so before I go into the word, there's one thing I've learned is that the word, it comes to confirm or it challenges. Those two things. It comes to confirm. It means it bears witness what you already have in your spirit, man, that you already know. And then it challenges. So those two things, it either confirms or challenge. And first scripture is 2 Timothy 3.16, which you guys are familiar with. It says, all scripture, not one, not two, not three, but all scripture is given for inspiration of God. That means it's God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all these scriptures I'm going to go through tonight is God breathed. He said it. So when I think of the title that I have here, get out of the gray area and go towards the light. Uh, I think about this right here. Can you put that picture up for me? That picture there. That's us. A lighthouse. And so I looked up lighthouse. So a lighthouse, it says it's a structure such as a tower with a powerful light that gives a continuous or intermediate signal to navigators. So it's a signal for navigators. And so that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be that light that people see us and they want to know, hey, what is about that person? There's something in them that I want. And that's us. And the purpose of a lighthouse, it says, it is a tower with a bright light at the top located at an important or dangerous place regarding navigation. And the two main purposes of a lighthouse are to serve as a navigational aid or to warn, warn boats of dangerous areas. So that navigational aid, that means it bears witness of that light. And us as believers and followers of Christ, we exist so those who are far from Christ can come to know him. That's us, the navigational aid. And then that second part of the, the purpose of the lighthouse is to warn boats of dangerous areas. And that's by our influence, our lifestyles, our attitudes, our actions. How we live in. 
And we're supposed to deposit that into others. They see that in us. And in the Bible, light has always been a symbol of holiness, goodness, knowledge, wisdom, grace, hope, and God's revelation. By contrast, darkness has been associated with evil, sin, and despair. Church, we can no longer be stagnant. We have to be that light. I mean, we're living in times where there's a bunch of chaos, and we have to take that stand. We have to step out. We have to step over the edge. Ephesians 5.8 says, You were sometimes darkness. That means everyone who didn't know Christ. But now you are light in the Lord. That means you're a reflection. When I think of a reflection, I think of those reflections on bicycles back in the day. Walk as children of light. That means behavior modification. Until you step in the unknown, you don't know what you're made of. So allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Allow the Holy Spirit to direct you. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you. And so my first point tonight is made to shine. We're made to shine. First scripture is John 1.5. And the light shines in darkness... That means the incarnation of Christ. And the darkness did not comprehend it. That means Satan, even though he tried with all his might, he could not stop the light. Light always overcomes darkness. Light must come from the inside. And you cannot, you cannot ask the darkness to leave. You must turn on the light. So turn on your light. A uh, true story here as far as turning on the light. When I was... Uh, down in South Carolina, when I was working down there, uh, I was living in some condemned barracks, and they was going to tear these barracks down. And uh, I was uh, a jail bachelor. It means that I was down there by myself. My family was here. My wife's already smiling. She knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> but as I was living in these condemned barracks, I mean, like I said, I was going to tear these barracks down. And uh, there will be situations where I come in the, I open the door, and I come into the room, and I flip the lights on, and I see roaches running. And so that's what I think of when I walk into the room, you turn the light on. So that's what happens. I mean, we're out here. Not saying that the people are roaches or anything like that. But I'm just saying, you turn the light on, the roaches, they scatter. And that's how people should be. People should see our light, and, and, and the darkness should flee. The darkness should flee. The darkness should leave when we come around. Because we are the lights. We're cares. So they should see that light. <clears throat> uh, let's go to Acts 16. <clears throat> so Acts 16, starting at verse 16 through 18. <clears throat> The previous chapter, uh, the Apostle Paul, he led his first uh, convert, Lydia. Uh, now he's getting ready to uh, deliver a demon-possessed girl. So we're going to go to Acts 16, 16, and we're going to go through uh, to 18. Remember, we're talking about made to shine. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. 
who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling, or King James says, sue selling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation, and this she did for many days. So she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So I find it interesting that she did this for many days, but Paul wasn't permitted to do it until he got revelation from the Holy Spirit to do it. But made to shine is that Paul and and Silas, their light, there was something about them. There was something about them that the, the enemy knew. The darkness knew that they were light. And here I have, walk in light, choose to live and walk in the light of Christ. Let his light shine your path. Let his light lead your way. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine in every area of your life. Let his light lead your family. Let his light lead your business. Let his light lead your career. Let his light shine on you. And let his light shine through you. Your life as a believer should make non-believers question their disbelief in Christ. So your life as a believer should make non-believers question their disbelief in Christ. So we're the light. We're made to shine. Uh, let's go to Matthew five, thirteen. Again, we're talking about made to shine. We are made to shine. <clears throat> and here, this is Jesus. He's on the. Uh, he's delivering his sermon on the mount. Uh, 13 through 16, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. That means you are a reflector. You reflect that light. A city it's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, example I have here is that <clears throat> we're talking about made to shine. And just the other day, uh, I received a text. I showed it to my wife from people that we used to go to church with, and. Uh, just talking about made to shine in this scripture, we're talking about being a light. And this person texted me, was telling me that uh, they wanted me to have a counseling session with the husband and the spouse and their son, because their son was going through, I guess, all kind of chaos, and they was wanting to have a counseling session. And they was reaching out to me to join them in this counseling session. Um, <clears throat> but I responded back to them, and... Uh, and, I, uh, and that was it. But I say that because the impression I left on this family, I no longer attend that church. 
but they're still reaching out to me because obviously there was a deposit that was left. And I still have people that I used to work with, they still reach out to me for guidance, for insight. I even had a person reach out to me about a month ago for, uh, he's going to buy a house. And he was asking for insight on what he should do and how, how he should do it. But that obviously there was an impact left because of the light that's in me. So we have to be that light for others around us because others need what we have. I have here, if you want to shine like a sun, first burn like the sun. So if you want to shine like the sun, first burn like the sun. That means it has to be on the inside. You have to have that desire. You have to have that fire that's burning on the inside of you. And once that fire is burning on the inside of you, then it's going to get on somebody else. All right, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 5. Again, made to shine. And here in Mark chapter 5, it says Jesus had come, he had just calmed the storm of the sea, and now he would calm the storm in this man's life. I'm going to read here. And so we're talking about this demon possessed man, he's healed. In verse 1, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, and this is Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had, been, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had pulled apart, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him, and always night and day. It means night and day. It means he didn't have any peace. Just night and day, he's sitting there just, just being tormented. And he was in the mountains and the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Even the demons know. And that's how it should be for us. If we're lights, the demons should tremble when they see us. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. That's a direct order. He told him to come out. That's authority. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the, the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains, so all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Jesus didn't send them to the swine. He gave them permission. Just wanted to clarify that. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. Now, can you imagine how many demons was in this demon-possessed man? And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled, 
And they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw, saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Verse 16, And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he had got into the boat, he had been demon-possessed, begged him that he might be with him. So that's what happens when we touch a life, people want to follow us. We leave an impact. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, go to your home. I'm sorry, go to go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. All marveled. So Jesus left an imprint in this man's life. And the light that Jesus shared with this man, he goes into his country and now he's able to share his light. It's like a domino effect. That's how we should be. We should be like that in our in our community, in our homes, in our environment, in our work environments. We have to be that light. We should. We must be that light. I remember back in. Uh, <clears throat> it's probably was 2008 when I was working at Quantico. Uh, I had been there probably maybe six months, and uh, there was uh, <clears throat> there was a lady there, and I became a. Uh, she was an older lady, and uh, the Lord had placed her on my heart, and I began to you know just talk to her, I began to share you know scriptures with her, pray with her, and stuff like that. And uh, one day, as I'm sitting in my desk and I'm working, uh, she comes to me. She says, "Kevin, come with me." I was, like, okay. I was like, okay. I was like, what's going on? And so I began to go with her. And she's like, uh, this person needs prayer. And so as we're walking, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking in my mind. I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I trust you. And so we get to this lady's desk. And she began to tell me the situation. She begins to tell me that this lady's nephew, he was on the playground. And he was playing. And as he's on this playground playing, uh, his neck somehow got wrapped around a chain on the swings. And so we began to pray right there in the middle of the office. So I told her to stand up and we was praying. We, we all grabbed hands and I began to pray for uh, her nephew. And church, not even a week later, uh, because he was in ICU and they didn't think he was going to make it. But right there in the middle of that office, we prayed with other people around us. And not even a week later, like I said, he was out of ICU and he was back home. But the power of prayer, the power of agreement, this, this kid, this, her nephew was, was probably would have passed because he got his chain wrapped around his neck. I was like, wow, how, how is that possible? <laughs> but yeah, it's just being a light, you know, someone seeing the light in me. That she's able to come to the light, and I'm able to, to disseminate the light. I'm able to share what's in me, what God has placed in me. Just being a light. <clears throat> Don't shine so others can see you. Shine that through you, others can see him. So others can see him. 
made to shine. Okay, my second point is share the light. So we're going to go to John 8, John 8, verse 12. And it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And all who do not follow Jesus walk in darkness. Jesus gave his light so we can be empowered to go tell someone. Who are you telling about Jesus? Who have you told this week about Jesus? Who have you shared the love of Christ to? I remember uh, this probably was 2000, uh, probably 2013. I had just got to this unit down in South Carolina. And when I got there, uh, I normally do, you know, I do, do the meet and greet. I meet my team, my staff and stuff like that. And uh, I found out that one of the, the guys who was going to be working for me, um, just recently he had tried to commit suicide. Uh, it came to the point that I found this out later that I ended up meeting his wife, and she was telling me that she had came home one day because he was uh, dealing with depression that she had came home one day and he had the gun on the, the table and he was getting ready to end his life. Um, <clears throat> but she ended up telling me later that she said, you came, to his, you came into his life and you changed his life. But I saw this gentleman from where he was to where he was when I left. I mean, he was, there was a lot of stuff going on with this guy. I, I spent time with him talking to him, mentoring him. I even got him to come to church. Uh, found out that he plays the drums, and I was trying to get him involved in the, the music uh, worship team. Uh, but he started coming to church. Him and his wife started coming to church. They started coming together, and we would go out time to time and uh, have lunch. But there was a shift in him that happened because of the light. And that's what we're supposed to do, church. We're supposed to share that light. We're supposed to share what's, what's in us. So as we share what's in us, it's going to touch other people. I mean, this guy was on the verge of suicide. But something that was in me touched him. And that's what we have to do. We're that light. There's somebody that you know that's on the verge. Are you going to share the light? Are you going to be that light? Let's go to John 9. And right here in this verse, it talks about uh, <clears throat> Jesus heals this, this blind boy who was uh, born blind from birth. We're going to go to verse 1 through 12. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. That means when no one can work, that means when end of life. 
When he had seen these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Salam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Verse nine, some said, this is he. Others said he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were you, your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Salaam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. So we should be a hospital for people. People should come to us and we should have, if not an answer, we should be whatever that person is looking for. We should lead them to the light. And that's our job. We, that's that's our, our, our mission. As Christ follows, we should lead people to the light. Point them to him. Give light and people will find a way. So you give people light and they'll find a way. I remember um, praying for one of my, um, I guess she's not really a, uh, she didn't work for me or anything. Uh, this was probably 2010. I was working in uh, Quantico, and as I was working there, I had just been there probably two months. And as I'm doing my, as I always do, meet and greet, meeting people and talking to them and letting them know my expectations and stuff like that. One of the, uh, the people that was working for me, she had just recovered from uh, cancer. And she was telling me about her, uh, the cancer battle and stuff she went through and everything. But she was telling me that the custodian worker that worked in the building, her daughter has cancer. And so um, I was like, next time you see her, I was like, you guys come, uh, come get me. And uh, it's probably about a week later, she came to my office and uh, she said, uh, she's here. She's like, she's right outside. She didn't want to come in the office. So I said, like, okay. So I got up from my desk, and uh, her and I, we both went outside in the hallway, and uh, she was standing there, and she began to tell me about her daughter uh, has cancer. And so uh, as we were sitting there and the, standing in the hallway, I asked her, uh, does she mind if I pray for her? And uh, she said yes. And so we all three grabbed hands and we began to pray. And I just began to pray heaven. And as I was praying, I sensed a, a, a peace. And not even church, not even, uh, I want to say maybe three weeks later, that I got a report from her that her and my the, the lady that worked for me, they came in my office and she was crying. And she was like, uh, my daughter no longer has cancer. I was like, praise God. I was like, it wasn't me, ma'am. It was, it was him. You know, I'm pointing you to him. But it's him just being a light. Like I said, I've only been there two, two months. But there was something on the inside that she witnessed. And she knew that if she take her to the, where, the, where the light is, that there is something that, that can help her daughter. And just being a light, just sharing my story, just talking to him, just sharing the love of Christ. 
And that's what we have to do. A lot of times it's just your testimony. If you just share your testimony, just share your story. We all have a story. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Everybody good? All right. We're talking about sharing the light here, sharing the light. Okay, Matthew 10. This is the, we're talking about the mission. This is when Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples. Uh, We're going to start at verse 5 through 15. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. In verse 9 it says, Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper, in your money belts. This means you are de- dependent totally on him. Don't take nothing with you. In verse 10, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs. Man, so you got to walk barefoot. For a work is worthy of his food. <clears throat> now, wherever city or town you enter, inquire who, is, who in it is worthy. That means of, of like faith. And stay there till you go out. And when you go out into a household, greet it. That means bestow peace on it. And if the household is worthy of like faith, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whatever, and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. As surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. I remember, um, see, my last command I was at, and I felt led to lead a uh, Bible study. And it's pretty hard to do that, especially being in the the government and working and trying to do a Bible study. But uh, I was was down in South Carolina. that's what I did. That was my mission field. That's what the Lord told me. He said, this is your wilderness journey. And so I was down in South Carolina. Um, I felt led to start a Bible study. And I remember the first time I did it, um, I didn't have a whole lot of people. So I, you know, created these little flyers and I talked to people. And I started, I started to send out like a, a group email, a mass email, inviting people to this, to this Bible study. But I didn't do that. I was like, Lord, if you want me to start this Bible study, then you'll bring the people. And after a couple of weeks, people started coming, and it was going good. Then all of a sudden, after maybe three months, it started to die back down. And I remember, just so we read this, this scripture here, you know, shake the dust off your feet. And I remember sitting in that, that conference room one day, and I was like, Lord, I'm doing everything. I've, uh, I encourage people. I'm uh, doing messages, I'm uh, inviting people. I was like, I don't know what else to do. And as I'm sitting in that office by myself, this conference room by myself, I hear in my spirit, man, to, to shake the dust off your feet and keep going. There'll, there'll be other people that you, you'll be able to minister to. But 
the moral of that story is to be a light in your environment. Be a light in your, your, your workplace, in your home, in your community. Take advantage of that. I have here, if I believe in Christ like I believe in the Son, not because I can see it, but by it I can see. And again, do the people around you, do they know you or do they know him? Are you pointing them to Christ? So my third point is, be the light. <clears throat> Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. That means to go forward and, and uh, don't be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Even though Satan will blow and try every storm and chaos in your life, you know, keep, keep trusting. Keep moving forward. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, the topic here for the point three, my last point is be a light. We are indeed the light of the world, but only if our switch is turned on. So is your switch on? Uh, Let's go to Acts 3. I like the book of Acts. I believe this year is going to be the book of Acts. The Lord told me he's going to manifest his glory this year. I'm excited. All right, Acts 3, uh, verse 1 through 10, healing at the temple gate. And it says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is probably about uh, 3 p.m. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. So this guy is laid there daily, every day by the gate. To ask alms for those who enter the temple means he was a beggar, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So that means they were, they were fixing his eyes on it. It means they were moved by the spirit. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement what had happened to him. Are people amazed and, and uh, at wonder when you step into their presence? What are you doing to be a light? What are you doing to share your light? Be the light that helps others see. That's what we do. Be the light to help other people see. Even though they 
probably don't know where they're headed, we're supposed to be their light. We're the gatekeeper. <clears throat> I remember one day I was helping a, uh, a friend of mine move. And as I was, uh, I went over to his house and uh, to his apartment. And as I'm helping him move, uh, I got a lot of stories, I'm sorry. <laughs> so as I was helping him move, uh, I didn't realize this at the time. I was driving my wife's car and I had backed into this spot. And as we're moving this stuff in this uh, apartment complex, uh, we're getting ready to leave. We're walking out. And as I walk out the door, because uh, the parking lot was right, uh, as soon as you walk out the door, you can see the parking lot. And as I walk out, I'm like, okay, where's, where's my car at? And he's like, where did you park at? I was like, I parked right there in that spot. And he's like, you didn't see the sign? And the sign said, if you park in backwards, your car would be towed. I was like, oh, that's my wife's car. And so, um, but he's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, uh, God will take care of it for you. And he wasn't, he wasn't going to church. But it was something that, that he saw in me, that the words that I was speaking to him, the words that how I've encouraged him, that he saw the lifestyle that I lived, that he knew that God would take care of that situation. Because my car got told, he knew that God was going to provide for me. And so we go to the car and we get it and I end up paying like $150 to get it, um, to get it back. And not even a week later, we get a, a check in the mail. I can't remember where it came from, but it was like a $700 something check that we didn't even expect it. But a check just came in the mail. But because of my faithfulness, because of being a light to someone and giving my time, my talent, my treasure to help this guy. God saw that. He honors that. Just being a light. Just being a light. Just going and helping him move. Not sharing no word. Just going to just being a light. Just helping him. You be a light. People see that. People want what you have. All right. Let's go to Acts 16. Acts 16. This is the conversion. Acts 16, verse 25 through uh, 34. And this, uh, these verses, it talks about um, when Paul and Silas was in jail. And it reads in verse 25, but at midnight, uh, not at midnight, you know, they were still praying at midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaking, was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And can you believe that? Out of all the people in that prison, nobody left. I mean, if I was in there, I probably wouldn't, hey, I'm out. But no one left. So obviously it was, it was a light there that Paul and Silas, obviously it was something that kept those people behind, in, behind those bars, that no one left. It, I mean, it, the doors were open. They were free to go, but no one left. Let's read on. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. 
and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set foot, I'm sorry, he set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So just being a light in that prison. Not only did the jailer get saved, but his whole household. Just being a light, just praising God. Just singing hymns. Out of singing those hymns, this man's whole household got saved. And I believe everyone in that jail got saved as well. No one left. Obviously, it was something that kept him there. Wow. The people around us need what we have. Remember back in 2017, um, <clears throat> I used to go to this particular restaurant all the time. That was one of my favorites when I was down in South Carolina, my wilderness journey. Um, I used to go to this restaurant, and uh, I normally get the same thing all the time. And uh, every time I go there, the service will always fight to be my server. And so not because, you know, I was trying to pick on or anything like that, because I was a good tipper. And so they would always fight over my table. And uh, I would always bless somebody. I, was, I used to always do that. Every time I go to a restaurant, I always ask the Holy Spirit, okay, who do you want to bless today? And I used to pay for people's meal. But I'll tell the server, don't tell me it came from me. You wait till I leave or don't say anything at all. But I used to do that all the time. And I remember um, one day I came in the store, I mean, in this restaurant. And as I'm in this restaurant, um, I'm eating, I'm getting ready to uh, pay for my meal. Another person came to me and said, your meal has already been paid for, and it was by the server. The server had paid for my meal, but not only did she pay for my meal, but she left a, a note on the, on the ticket. And the ticket said, kind-hearted people are rare nowadays. Have a nice day. So just be in the light. Go to this restaurant. Be a good tipper. My wife and I know every time we go to a restaurant, we at least tip 20%, at least. 20%. Because God has blessed us, we want to bless others. Because it all belongs to him in the first place. We're just being a light. And being that light that they, they saw in me in the restaurant, that it was something that she wanted to do for me because she saw the light in me that I was doing for others. So just being a light. George Washington Carver wrote, No individual has any right to come into the world and go out of it without leaving behind him distant and legitimate reasons for having passed through it. What are people going to remember you by? What are people going to remember you by? Be a light. And so my conclusion here. How can I be a light for Jesus? I'm going to tell you, I'm glad you asked. So if you feel stuck in darkness and need to find the light of Jesus, here are some things that you can do. The first one, 
is stop living in routine. Stop doing the same thing every single day. You know, change the way you do things. Number two, spend more time with other believers. I remember uh, in our men's meeting when uh, Pastor J.R. spoke the other day, when we had our men's meeting, he was saying that uh, it correlates to this right here, spend time with other believers. If you don't know how to say, he was talking about building a birdhouse. And he was saying that he didn't really know how to, you know, build a birdhouse, but he got with somebody that knew how to do it. So surround yourself with people. Say, um, if you have a problem praying, surround yourself with, with people that know how to pray. If you need help reading the word, surround yourself with someone that knows how to read the word. Surround yourself with those people. Number three, spend more time with God. You know, change your routine. Number four is be generous. Give your time, your talent, your treasure. And then number five is live life like God intended. Live life with purpose. What is your purpose? James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Let's be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Don't be known for what you know. Be known for what you do. Be known for what you do. People may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. They will always believe what you do. And God always does his part if we do our part. My last scripture here is 1 John 3.18. It says, Dear little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed, that means actions, and in truth. True love demands actions. So it's love in our deeds. People see our actions. My wife always tell me to, to show her. She don't want me to give her gifts. She don't want me to buy her chocolates or flowers. She wants me to show her my actions. Actions speaks louder than words. Be the light that people, I'm sorry, be the light that draws people to the living water. And that's what we're supposed to do. Draw them to that living water. And remember, we were created to be above average, unnormal, and extraordinary. We're born to win. And so to recap, I talked about made to shine and share the light and be the light. If you can put up that picture again for me, please. Lighthouse. Again, what's the purpose of the lighthouse? It's a navigational aid. And so that's what we're supposed to do. We're that navigational aid. We're pointing people towards him. We're pointing people towards him. He's the light. He's what the people need. We're just a vessel for him to flow through, for him to use. So that's us. We're a lighthouse. So, Father... I just thank you right now for who you are. I thank you for your, for your love. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, that he paid the ultimate price that we might have the right to the tree of life. That we are ambassadors for you. That we are agents of change. 
that in a world full of chaos, in a world full of turmoil, in a world full of, I don't know how I'm going to make it, that we are the light, that we're standing in the, in the gap. And we say, here we are. What do you want to do? What do you want to do through this vessel? Where do you want us to go? We surrender all. We give it to you. Use us. We give you access. We give you permission. Thank you for having your way in our life. We trust you. We lean not on our own understanding, but we yield to you. We ask you to direct our path, direct our steps. Show us what we need to do, when we need to do it, how we need to do it. Thank you that we're agents of change. Thank you for every heart that's here tonight. Thank you for your peace that rests on them. I thank you that this year will be a victorious year for them. I thank you that you're moving in every household, that you're moving in every family. I speak peace. Say, peace be still. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you do the work. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be that light in this dark world. And I thank you that everywhere we go, that you go with us, that we are never alone. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that you're for us, that we are more than conquerors and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I thank you that you've paved the way, that you've laid the foundation, and that you're directing our every step and help us to be doers and not hearers only. And we bless and we thank you for this night. And Father, I thank you for, as we leave here, that your mighty angels are round about us. That you're watching over us up and down the dangerous highways and byways. That you are the pilot. And I thank you that as we lay our heads down tonight, that we have sweet rest. That your Bible says that you give your beloved sleep and your beloved rest. I thank you for peace in our minds, peace in our bodies. And I thank it as we go through the rest of this week, that it'll be a week filled with joy, a week filled with blessings. And as we come back to the house on Sunday, that we come back to get full again and go out and deposit ourselves in the name above every name. And everybody said, amen.